What did you find people weren't talking about? Did you ever think at a point everyone's talking about, for example, the necessity for soft skills, but I wish that someone would come on the show and actually address X, Y, Z because it is so important and it requires prominence in the space of AI, machine learning, NLP, emerging tech ecosystems. One thing that's maybe something that I don't think I discussed actually in any episode, and I think it could be important, is mental health and this tech culture of always trying to be better, always trying to do more, always trying to improve and work 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, 100 hours a week and try to be better and try to progress quickly. And it's becoming quite dominant in this tech environment. I mean, I'm on social media and I can see that people really want to get better. And it's a good thing in some sense. But I think that on the other hand, it's also getting quite intense and people might get scared that they're not good enough to get into the field or that they're not progressing fast enough. So that's a topic that I would like to discuss more like tech and mental health and how to make sure that you're progressing. But on the other hand, you're still having a life and you're still, you know, enjoying and not just trying to work every time. Um, that's an issue. Hi everyone, it's Lauren hawker Zaffer. Welcome back to Redefining AI, the tech podcast. I'm an educator and I'm taking you on an educational exploration into the fascinating minds of those that are embodying and forefronting all you need to know about artificial intelligence, machine learning, insight engines in the insight era. This episode is called AI Stories Revealed. And to explore this topic, I've been joined by Neil Lizer. Neil is a civil and environmental engineering graduate of the Imperial College of London and a master's student in data science and machine learning from the University College London. Neil currently works as a data scientist at IOCA, where he builds machine learning models for credit risk, including credit scoring, affordability assessment and prediction of losses. Now, when Neil is not building machine learning models, he is the host of the AI Stories podcast. He invites guests from different backgrounds and different industries to talk about their career and how they use AI in their day-to-day to benefit society and impact our world. Now, it's a pleasure to have a fellow co-host in the space on Redefining AI. So let's dive in and welcome him to Redefining AI today. Welcome, Neil. It's lovely to have you. Hi, welcome. Thanks a lot for having me. Really looking forward to our conversation today. And good to be on the other side of the interview or the conversation. It will be a fun experience. Isn't it? Is, is it the first time that you've been on the other side of the conversation or are you becoming more and more used to also being a guest? Um, it's actually the second time, I think, second or third time. So yeah, I've done this a little bit, but never a podcast focused on AI. So that would be that would be the first time. So that would yeah, be a first. Exciting. Excellent. We like to have firsts. So it's the first time that you've been a guest on an AI podcast or a podcast that promenades AI. Neil, so we're looking at what you have achieved and you've contributed to a lot of interesting conversations around AI and data science, especially with as we know, your own show, AI Stories, which is inspirational. 
you're creating, in my opinion, obviously an avenue that you can allow your community to access firsthand conversations on data, data science and AI. Why did you start AI Stories? And is there a particular story that you are looking to tell? Yes. So the, the story behind AI stories, basically, yes, th- there is one. Basically, this is actually the first time I was invited to a podcast. So I had two friends. I'm from Belgium and two friends launched their own podcasts where they invited people to talk about career after university. It wasn't only AI. It was about various topics. And so they invited me. I was their first guest for their first episodes and I actually had a lot of fun. Obviously, they are two good friends, so we laughed a lot, had a lot of fun, but I also found the conversation quite interesting. And I went out of this podcast and I realized, all right, I need to do one myself. I really wanted to build my own show. I knew I was already at the time passionate about AI, so I knew it had to be around AI. And so that's how the idea kind of came in. Now, the specific story behind AI stories is that... I really love technical podcasts, but realized that a lot of them were either quite technical, like focusing on particular algorithms or particular methods, which I really love. But I thought this wasn't really accessible to everyone. And so I wanted to do something accessible to a wide audience, so easy to understand, more high level. And I also wanted something on AI, but also on career. So if a guest from, let's say, DeepMind comes to my show, I don't just want to talk about DeepMind, but I'm interested in the entire career journey and how they arrived where they are today. And so that's those two things, basically, story, AI stories and career. That's I combined the two to, well, create this AI stories podcast, which was launched one and a half years ago. So that's kind of the, the full story. And the central premise, obviously, AI, you mentioned that it's something that you love. What, what do you love about AI? And, and what's your own interpretation of AI? I mean, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of narratives, different narratives floating about the media, the sort of mass media at the moment. Different interpretations are being aligned with what AI is. What do you love about it? And what's your own interpretation and relationship with AI? So what do I like about AI? I've been... At the beginning, it was more actually what I like about computing. And then I focused on AI. But while I was actually studying civil engineering, I had this computing class and I realized that you can actually solve very complex problems using a computer and using a computer program like MATLAB or Python. And I've always been very interested in solving problems. Like since I'm young, I love maths, I love physics. But during this computing class, I really realized that machine can solve solve really big problems. And not the machine itself, but they can help humans basically solve complex problems. And so I really like this part of computing. What led me to AI is I just saw algorithms were cool. Um, That's how people get into the field. Then you realize that it's more about the data than the algorithms. But I just saw coding algorithms and basically training them to come up to a solution and solve a problem feels like magic in some sense. And so I tried a few projects, I got into it, I really enjoyed it. And so I just thought, let's continue into the AI space. But what I really liked in general 
was computer science. And then within that, I kind of focused on AI. So the second point was, what's my definition of AI or how do I see AI? It's a good question. How I see AI? I see AI as a tool. AI today for me is a tool that helps human make better decisions. Um, that's how I see AI. I don't see it as something that should replace humans or something you know that could function on their own. I still think it's a tool, but it's a powerful tool to help humans make better decisions. That's how I see AI today. It's interesting. A lot of your your language there as well. You were radiating, you know, a, a connotation of empowerment about it does it enables so it helps helps them make better decisions. It's a tool of empowerment, which is a very important topic at the moment in the field in artificial intelligence and the use of artificial intelligence. What was interesting as well is that you mentioned that it's more about the data, not the algorithm. Can you explain that a little? So. <laughs> when you start, yes, it's it's a good question. And when you start, you usually the hype when you want to get into AI, it's because you see those algorithms, you see chat GPT, or you see, I don't know, DALI or some kind of nice algorithm that can do crazy things. And you're like, oh, I also want to build those algorithms. I want to, well, be part of this kind of revolution. And so that's actually how I got into the field. I, I had a friend who was coding some algorithms. I saw that this could make some predictions and I was really interested in this. Now, when you're in industry and you work in industry, you realize that training an algorithm for 90, 95% of the problem, training an algorithm isn't the difficult part. It's the easy part, right? You've got scikit-learn or other libraries and you call model.fit, you call model.predict, and you get a prediction. And obviously, you need to tune the hyperparameters. There are a few things you need to do, but the model part isn't that difficult. What's very difficult in industry is everything around the data. So first of all, you need to get the data, right? You need to load the data, have this data in a notebook. Then you need to process this data Obviously, the data isn't clean. It might come from different tables. You will have missing values. So you need to load this data, process it, clean it. Then after that, you need to often engineer the features. So find which features are going to be useful to our model. And only after those three steps of loading, processing, feature engineering, you can then train a model. There might also be a fourth step of feature selection. Uh, where you want to find which features are actually going to be used in your model. So it's a lot about the data. There are like three or four steps related to data processing and data loading. And there is a single step of training the model. And then there is the model evaluation. So a lot of the focus in industry is actually in the data. The second reason, I think, is data is the most important part of your model. Like if you don't have a good data, a good data set, if you don't have a clean data set, you can use the model that you want. You can use the tools that you want, garbage in, garbage out. So you're just going to have a bad model. Whereas if your data is clean, you can use a very simple model. It can be a regression or it can be something quite simple. You can have something useful in the end. Not always, but you can often have something useful. So I think the data is really the most important part of the process. Mm -hmm. 
And do you think that this is mirrored in the industry? Do you think that there's a lot of focus at the moment in looking at the prioritisation of ensuring that there there is good data, that there are good data sets, that there is this emphasis on the process and the load in ensuring that there is good going in and goods coming out? Yeah, yeah, there is definitely. We've seen now data engineers, right? They're this is basically quite a new a new job, right? Where they are really taking care of the data, making sure the data can easily be loaded, that the data is of the right quality. So we've got a new job basically created for data. And I think there is also more and more discussion around data and more and more emphasis because there are some issues with biases, right, in AI and machine learning. And a lot of those issues can come from the data, because as I mentioned, if your data is biased, if your data is bad in some sense, you're not going to have a good model. And so now that AI ethics is kind of picking up and we want to have uh, good data sets, well, I think it's kind of growing and conversations are definitely growing in this in this sense. Yeah, it's definitely of importance. And I mean, I think that there's quite a nice analogy of, and it's not necessarily one that everyone agrees with, but you know, you've got the human nature is actually the nature of the machine as well, because it's what the human is bringing and actually materializing in the nature of the machine. And I always ask, you know, is there that subjectivity when it comes to the data that is primed? Because in other fields, you know, you've got that subjective look. If you're a designer, you know, you've just got the subjectivity. There's not too many metrics of objectivity. In machine learning, you know, what are the metrics of objectivity? What do you mean by, you mean objectivity in terms of what's a good data set? Exactly, yeah. It's not something I've really thought about. And I think, I'm not sure if there is like a good rule for like, you know, different data scientists will come up with different data sets, which will be, they will be slightly different and they could be equally good. So I don't think there is like a strict rule of what's a good data set. It depends on the problem you're solving. But I think clearly, if you want something unbiased, you should make sure that your data set isn't biased. So really thinking about data collection, like how the data is collected. Um, are you sure that there are there aren't any biases in the data? And then there is also this part of filling missing values. That's quite subjective because there are lots of different ways of filling in missing values. And I don't know, I don't think there is like a single good answer to this. So there is a bit of subjectivity. And I think the right data sets depends on the problem you're trying to solve. So there are different right data sets in some sense. Mm-hmm. So we're now in 2023. And if we look back in 2022 alone, you interviewed many different people. How many podcasts did you host in 2022, roughly? In 2022, I think around so one every two weeks, so basically 20 to 25 guests, something mm-hmm. like that. So what kind of topics did you choose to to forefront, Neil? And why did you choose to forefront these topics? Because as we've mentioned, you know, you're contributing to quite an interesting narrative. You're creating a conversation, an avenue for people to explore AI and the uses of AI in, in daily life. What was your, your thought process around choosing to forefront certain topics? So on my side, it's actually quite easy. As I mentioned earlier, the podcast is centered around two key topics, AI and 
the career of my guests. And so I usually just go through those topics, which means what was the career path of my guests? So what did they do throughout their career? So if someone, I don't know, did a PhD in robotics, I would talk about robotics. If someone worked at Red Bull Racing doing engineering for the cars, I would talk about this. So the topic really depends on the guests that I invite, but it's going to be their career and career advice. And the second topic is going to be AI. So how do they use AI today and how do they impact society to or their businesses? How do they use AI to bring money to their businesses? So I can give a few quick examples if you want. Um, I don't know if you want me to go further into this, but basically one guest, for example, actually did a PhD in robotics. So we talked about the similarities between AI and robotics. I had another guest who built a model to a dynamic model to change prices based on a bunch of features. He could actually change the prices for his clients. And this actually enabled the company to increase the margin by 20% and generate lots of revenue. So those are some kind of projects that we dig further into related to AI and related to careers, a whole bunch of advice like get a mentor, develop soft skills, care about the data, all those, all those kind of stuff. So those are the two key areas that we actually discuss. And, and exploring those two key areas that you've mentioned, you know, their individual careers, the career path that they've taken to reach that point in their, in their own um, developments and also AI. Were you able to identify commonalities and topics and messages? Did you see and interpret similarities in what people were essentially sharing with you? So actually, I'm focused a lot on AI in industry. Um, I invite a few people from academia as well, but AI in industry is the focus. And it's interesting to see that, yes, a few, well, a lot of guests actually share the same advice. And there are a few topics that come up. The first one, which I'm not going to go into in much detail because we've talked about it, is you should care about the data. So, so many people realize that in industry, the most important thing is the data. It doesn't come only from me. I could hear a lot of guests talking about this. So that's the first point. Second point, I realize that in industry, you simple models can work really well. So... You tend to think by looking at LinkedIn or social media that it's only about deep learning. Everyone uses deep learning. And if you use linear regression or even XGBoost or like more simpler models, you're kind of out of the loop. You're doing something that's outdated. And actually, no, in industry, in most startups, simple models are actually doing quite well and they are very important. Because what you want is you want to have impact quickly. And so you don't want to spend ages building a super complex deep learning model. You often want a simple solution. And then if this simple solution isn't good enough, then you can iterate and build the more complex one. But often something simple actually works quite well. There are other reasons for why simple models are good. They are more interpretable. And also in a lot of cases, not all companies have millions and billions of data points, right? Lots of startups, they have very little data. And so it actually makes sense to use a simple algorithm. And every time someone tackles a project, I would always recommend to start simple. 
You don't need deep learning all the time. Start simple. And if it doesn't work, you can iterate and build something more complex. So that's the second topic that often comes up. Let me try to find a third one. Another one is also soft skills. So we talk a lot about hard skills, being technical. If you want to be a good data scientist, you should know the math, you should know the stats, you should be a good coder, you should know machine learning. But there is this sentence that says like, hard skills get you in and soft skills get you far. Like developing soft skills is really what you need to focus on if you want to go far and progress in your career. And at uni, you're often focused on trying to get those hard skills, but soft skills are also super important. So those are some data science slash career topics that often come up. Why do you think there's then, uh, I mean, it's fascinating to understand the frequency or the commonalities that people were portraying when they were talking to you. Why do you think that there's now this emphasis on the development of soft skills rather than than solely focusing on, on hard skills? Because it's actually super important. Like it's it, it has always been very important, but maybe now that all those things are becoming automated, like you've got all kinds of like low-code tools, right? To analyze data, even to train model, it becomes quite easy. I mean, obviously you need some domain knowledge, but it becomes quite easy. So the machine can do all those hard skills in some sense. I'm exaggerating a bit. You need, the hard skills are very important, but you can learn those and a machine can do this. Well, it's going to need some supervision, but you see what I mean. Soft skills is super important. Like if you want to progress in your career, if you want to become a senior data scientist, if you want to become a manager, it's not enough to be able to code good algorithms. You need to communicate well. You need to communicate your projects. You need to be able to work as a team, right? If you just do everything alone, that's not going to work. You need to be able to ask for help. You should ask if you don't know something or if you're stuck, you should ask for help, not trying to do everything on your own. So I think soft skills have always been and will only become more important as the machine will pick up the maths and the kind of difficult thing. And we will need to improve our soft skills. That's the human part of the job as well. And yeah, I think it's only going to become more and more important, but it has always been quite important. Yeah, it reminds me as well of the expression, keeping the human in the loop not only in the sense of developing a model, but also keeping the human in the loop when we're working in a, a collective environment together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. What did you find people weren't talking about? Did you ever think at a point, everyone's talking about, for example, the necessity for soft skills, but I wish that someone would come on the show and actually address X, Y, Z because it is so important and it requires prominence in the space of AI, machine learning, NLP emerging tech ecosystems? One thing that's maybe something that I don't think I discussed actually in any episode, and I think it could be important, is mental health and this tech culture of always trying to be better, always trying to do more, always trying to improve and work 50, 60, 70, 80 you know, a hundred hours a week and try to be better and try to progress quickly. And it's becoming quite 
dominant in this tech environment. I mean, I'm on social media and I can see that people really want to get better. And it's a good thing in some sense. But I think that on the other hand, it's also getting quite intense and people might get scared that they're not good enough to get into the field or that they're not progressing fast enough. So that's a topic that I would like to discuss more like tech and mental health and how to make sure that you're progressing. But on the other hand, you're still having a life and you're still, you know, enjoying and not just trying to work every time. Um, that's an issue. Maybe another topic is, I discuss it slightly, but it's not discussed enough, is AI can be quite dangerous. Also, there are some issues with AI. We talked about bias biases. And that's a topic that I would like to discuss more because we're kind of in the mindset of building bigger models stronger model with more data, more parameters. And at some point, we're kind of building something that we don't fully understand. I don't think that there are enough regulations about this. So AI can be dangerous. Uh, obviously, I love AI. I think it can also be very powerful, very useful, but it can become dangerous. And it's something that we should talk about. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I'd certainly agree, and it's quite a complex topic as well. I think, you know, the tech culture and the associations that are made in the mix of the tech culture, there's a lot of maybe prejudgment. There's a lot of stereotypes that are associated with it. There's a lot of gender associations in the sense that, you know, there's statistics that do prove that it is a more male-dominated field, then there's less females that are in the tech uh, culture. It's ever-increasing and obviously different demographics depending on the country. The statistics are much higher. I mean, I just read recently that there's a lot more females that dominate, for example, the tech scene in Saudi Arabia than one would imagine. So I do think that the tides are changing slowly, but I still think and would agree with you that there's sometimes the gender stereotypes that are being mixed into maybe still this slight repression of being able to express how stressful a situation is. And I think it would be good to, to open up that conversation and understand that, you know, mental health, it doesn't, it doesn't stigmatize in the sense that it's, it doesn't select a gender. It mm -hmm. affects everyone. Yeah, that's that's also that's a topic actually that I discussed. But women in data science, it's it's not easy. It's not easy to get in. And I had a few guests who talked about this and talked about their experience, how they got into the field, how they managed to stay. But it's definitely not as easy. And I think everyone should get into the field, should be able to get into the field. And I would definitely like to see more women in the field. And hopefully it's something that's growing at the moment, but it's still not 50-50. We're far from this. And hopefully, well, little by little, it will start getting more even. But I think at the moment, there are still some inequalities. And yeah, this needs to change, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of charities that are trying to help and promote the further education in initiatives that are being introduced at earlier ages so that females, women, girls can identify much earlier with the benefits of pursuing a, a career in tech as well. So before we close, I, I want to ask one question. I mean, you mentioned that in your own show in AI Stories that you're interested in addressing how AI can benefit society. 
Now, you're a data scientist yourself. You're working on the development of models for credit risk. What big questions are you addressing or solving with the application of uh, machine learning in this setting? So, yeah, so I am a data scientist at a fintech in London called iWoka. And so, as you said, I build machine learning for credit risk. So to put things into context, iWoka is a company that lends money to small and medium businesses. And so my role, I am in the data sci- in a data science team and we build algorithm mostly for credit risk and affordability assessment. So this means that if you come to us for a loan, we'll have an algorithm which will give you a score. And then based on this score, we'll decide whether we accept or reject you for the loan. And the other side, we've got another, another algorithm which will decide how much money we offer you given that we accept you for this loan. And the benefits of this, I think there is one big benefit. It's that it's very fast. Like if you want to come for a loan with us and we're only using algorithms, like fully automated algorithms for smaller amounts. But if you want a loan with us, you can get the money within a few hours. And so that's super efficient because if you go to a bank and you want like 5, 10, 20K, yeah, you can come back in a few weeks and I'm sure you will still not have your money. But if you come to us, you can get the money very quickly. And that's very useful because it enables small and medium businesses to get money, access money, well, when they need it, as soon as they need it, they don't need to wait ages, a couple of hours, maybe a couple of days, but max in order to get access to finances, develop their business, repay us, and then potentially get another loan. Or maybe at some point they won't need a loan because they would have grown enough. Um, but yeah, so the goal is really to build algorithms to help small and medium businesses quickly access the finance that they need. And in terms of demographic and, and building your data set, is it representative of, of just Britain? Of Yeah, I'm focused on the UK. Yeah, so we are based in the UK and in Germany. Um, so we've got a team that works for Germany, but at the moment I'm focused on the UK. So yeah, the data is based on UK data. Do you want to analyze it once or do you revisit the credit risk scoring? Oh, the model, yeah, we revisit it quite frequently. It's It keeps improving every month, right? Because, well, time time is changing, you know. Um, a credit risk model before COVID is not the same than a credit risk model during COVID, and it's not the same than a credit risk model now. It's going to be not going to be the same than a credit risk model in a few months because, you know, there is some risk around recession and things like that. So, yeah, we keep improving it quite frequently, actually. And what's the biggest moving object in terms of ensuring that the model is representative of the risk market today? There must be one point in your data set that you always have to pay particular attention to, no? I don't think there is a particular feature, like our model takes into account. It's really a lot of things that we should take into account the model is not changing significantly from month to month. You know, it's gradually evolving, but it's really a lot of different things that we should look into. Um, it's not just a particular feature um, like tracking, I don't know, uh, how the economy is going. It's really, we're focusing on, we've got data from our customers, we've got data from 
external parties like credit agencies. And we're really combining all of this and looking at all of this to make sure that our model is doing the best decision possible. But it's not that easy to only focus on a single feature or one or two features. It's really like a lot of different features that we need to look into. Yeah, sure. I mean, your ingestion stream as well, like must be a constant ensuring that obviously mm-hmm. you've got the correct ingestion. Fascinating. Okay, great. Yeah. So um, thanks, Neil. It's been wonderful. Well, thanks to you. Had a lot mm-hmm. of fun sharing my story. Yeah, I think it's always good to to share your own experience. And it was great to have you on the show and for you to take this opportunity as well to share what you've maybe not shared before with others. Would you like to share anything else as a parting word to our audience? Well, enjoy. We're in a great environment. AI is growing a lot. So enjoy the revolution, but the AI revolution, but take care. Um, yeah, make sure you can control those algorithms. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Neil. And I want to thank everyone else for listening today. If you would like to find out more about machine learning, natural language processing and search, then go to the Squirrel Academy on learn.squirrel.com and access our educational material. Thank you.